Hello and welcome to the MK Performance Podcast. My name is Matt Kerr and in this episode I talk with Simon Cochran. Simon is a professional triathlete, ultramarathon runner, father and genuine all-round good bastard. He is the founder and owner of Athletic Peak, a successful endurance coaching platform with a pool of many athletes. Most recently, Simon has demonstrated some great form, placing third at Ironman New Zealand 70.3 in December, fifth in the Tauranga 70.3, and an impressive fifth in the Tarawera Ultramarathon event. Simon has an impressive 35 Ironman finishes under his belt, with multiple top 10 results, including four podiums in international professional Ironman events. He's recently won the Topo 100km Ultramarathon. He took out the Claw 200km trophy at the Blue Lake 24-hour challenge late last year. And before that, he was third overall at the Tarawera Ultramarathon 102km event. We hope you enjoy this guest-style episode. For now, let's get into it. Hey, Simon, how are you? Good, mate. Always good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on the MK Performance Podcast. Um, first official guest as such, uh, so welcome you, and, and thanks for being with us. No, Honoured, mate, honoured. Uh, brilliant. Hey, um, yeah, as I say, thanks for coming on, and I thought it would just be a great opportunity for us to, to catch up. Obviously, we've got a, you know, we've done a bit of training together, and we, we've linked up many a time, and and. Um, you know, I certainly look up to you in terms of your professionalism towards the sport, uh, how you hold yourself as um, a professional within the sport, but also how you manage your your life day to day with family and, and work, etc. So um, it's an awesome opportunity to have you and, and just talk to you about, I guess, you know, some of that stuff, uh, the deeper stuff that's associated with triathlon and, and more so uh, your recent achievements and, and um where you've come from like I reflect about 12 months ago you were uh we hosted a barbecue down in Tyra and you were um you'd just come off that pretty brutal bike accident and you're in a sling there so that was 12 months ago um yeah just, that's just 12 where months you've, where you've come through over that last 12 months yeah it feels a lot longer than that in in a way because I think yeah this last year has been pretty massive um timing wise I think it was probably actually the best sort of position with COVID and the races being cancelled anyway because I, th- I think I only missed like one or two events out of any of the ones that I was going to do um, but I think it just made me yeah step back for you know I really only took my foot off the gas for a few weeks um, at the start because then I managed I could um, get that homemade sling and get back into some hiking and running actually way quicker than anyone expected um so I don't think I really lost anything but it was just a nice little reset and then to build into yeah a few different events this year yeah so I mean you had that accident just before Christmas literally right um a week or so before Christmas yeah a couple of days before but then you cracked back into you know some kind of movement or training over summer eh yeah, I had about like a week where I literally couldn't move anything without being in pretty extreme pain. I mean, there was three broken ribs, collarbone broken in two places, 
shoulder blade broken in two places and just heaps of bruising right around that chest sort of cavity area so literally sleeping walking breathing was pretty extreme for like a week or so and then I guess it just dulled off enough um so I could get back on the wind trainer and just get moving like you say like walking um just getting some blood flow and then started because we we're down in the Coromandel introducing you know climbing up Mount Pamanui and just going on some big bigger hikes um where you can still get the heart rate up pretty comfortably without yeah the the impact of actually running mm. so that's like I, for me I, I we were having conversations and you were doing like five hour missions um and working up you know i know that was sort of the end of january there but those it wasn't necessarily specificity in terms of swim bike or run but it was just out there being on your feet yeah well i guess my philosophy is like endurance is endurance like it it crosses over fairly well um especially running like if you're if you're run fit if you can go and run 100ks or whatever you can bike and swim pretty well if you've got a bit of a background in that so yeah it was just getting moving um and still just trying to get some yeah aerobic conditioning there i had the hope of the shoulder recovering a lot quicker because we initially we didn't know that there was that many breaks and how bad it was and i sort of thought oh yeah there's a possibility of still jumping into tarawera and ironman but in hindsight that was you know only a couple of months after the the crash and i sort of thought oh standard collarbone you know maybe six weeks and and you're away again but it yeah, it turned out to be a lot longer than that. But then looking back, Tarawera and Ironman were actually cancelled anyway. So anyway. I sort of just built through from there. So what was your first event or race back after your accident? Well, I did the I did a solo 100k on the day Tarawera was supposed to be. Um, almost just to prove to myself that I, I would have been ready for the race. Um, so hold on, this was a this was a start of February, right? Middle of February. Mid Feb, yep, yep. So yep. had been out of the sling um, and was comfortable enough with the running pack on, and went and did yeah a bit of a a solo mission on the the Waikato trails, um, and actually ended up running pretty solid. Like I think it was just a touch over eight hours. Um, so that sort of gave me confidence that you know endurance and fitness were still there definitely and then whatever i was building to from there just have to get a little bit more specific but i think the first event was a six hour running event um up in the papamaya hills um and yeah managed to, to run that really strong i think we it was like 2000 meters of elevation and about 58 odd k's um and i think that was maybe april and then that mm. was when i was sort of yeah back into things yeah i think the big takeaway from that is like yeah the whole specificity thing as you mentioned endurance is endurance and you know while we're on that topic and i know it's a huge passion of yours and and you've done very well at the moment is the ultra running um and maybe we can segue into that quite nicely um but yeah through that time it just proves that um you were chipping away and it doesn't have to be um big long efforts or or you know prescribed sessions um but you're still getting some work and um you know to turn around in february and, and go and do that that solo mission i was pretty impressive after that that accident um just before christmas yeah i think like like you say like endurance is endurance like it does it does cross over 
And I think just keeping things fresh, like you don't just have to be doing all your indoor riding, you know, smashing out interval after interval to get some gains. Um, you can get more specific closer to the event that you're doing, like say um, leading up to a, a Ironman or a half Ironman, then that last sort of six weeks can start to add in a bit more specific race pace work, um, you know, the, the times and distances that you'll be doing on race day and then start to dial in, you know, your nutrition and, um, yeah, paces for, for that specific event. Agreed. And it has to be, there's got to be an enjoyment factor, right? Yep. Yep. I think so. Like, yeah, yep. love getting out for adventures and keeping things fresh, um, can join other people for sessions and then it doesn't feel like it's your structured session, even though you're still getting, you know, a long ride, a long run. Um, it might not have had your four by 20 minutes at certain power but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if you're you know more than a few months out from a race as long as you're mm. following a bit of a structure then i believe you're gonna you're gonna still benefit from that and probably enjoy it more um for the long term yeah nice awesome so yeah into into your uh, your ultra distance racing and um you've established quite a um quite a well-rounded you know you're doing very well in that space um so so talk us you just talk to me a little bit about that and i guess we started where the enjoyment lies for you out of that because you've um if people haven't seen already you've got a pretty solid uh race schedule which includes some some pretty long ultra races in that um so so i guess for you what's the enjoyment factor out of it because a lot of people sit there and go an ultra marathon or ultra distance event where's the enjoyment where's the fun and um yeah then we can segue a little bit more into how that that relates to some of your specific uh triathlon racing yeah i mean i guess i've been doing triathlon ironman for well not a huge amount of time but maybe like 10 years say but i've i've done 36 odd ironman races um so i was looking for something Fresh, a bit more of a challenge, um, and then when I sort of saw the 100k run distance, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty extreme. Like, even a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, those guys are crazy. Um, because a long run and an Ironman build, you know, you may build up to doing three hours for a long run for most, mm -hmm. is, is considered fairly long. Um, so pushing it out past that, uh, yeah, is definitely just a... A personal challenge but also something a bit more exciting and getting onto the the trails um it's pretty addictive once you get into it because like anything you can see how you can make some small changes to your training and get some some pretty massive benefits um and i guess for me from doing some of those longer training and events um mm. seeing how well it has crossed over even to like my half ironman strength and speed um had a couple of great races over the summer and surprised myself more than anything about like bike strength and run speed even though i haven't done any real specific sessions you know at that higher speed higher power but having the strength endurance um yeah has definitely crossed over yeah because a lot of people would look at that and go well there's no relationship between the two kind of racing if we talk about either 70.3 a half ironman distance or a full ironman distance well there's there's limited crossover um especially in the event that you've just ticked off and and how does that work yes there's the overall endurance 
factor, uh, but where does the specificity align and, and how does that align up? So um, I guess what are your two what are your two big takeaways that you pull out of ultra racing that that cross over? I mean, you might have just alluded to them, um, but is there anything more that that two things that really stand out for you? Yep, first thing that jumps to mind is the mind. So run 100 miles, um, nothing is really that daunting anymore. Um, in terms of, like, say, a half Ironman, you can process that 21K run pretty easily in your mind. Yeah, the intensity and, um, yeah, I guess the intensity and effort is a lot higher, but when you're getting off the bike and you've got 21Ks, like... First five Ks flies by, and then you've sort of got an hour of hurt, you know, and you can you can dig in for an hour once you've learnt to race quite hard for up to, you know, 16 hours was the 100 mile, and I did that 24-hour uh, run at the Blue Lake um, mid last year as well. So I'd, I'd say the mindset's probably the, the biggest one. Um, and then, yeah, I'd say that's that's number one. Right, and and that, how does that, how do you pull that through? Like, I mean, I'm talking specifically in your your ultra racing. Like, what are you even thinking at at hour twelve and and hour thirteen and fourteen? Yeah, it's it's pretty daunting if you look if you step back and look at your watch or you know how much you've still got to go. Um, so it is just breaking it down hour by hour um, and trying to just think, am I doing everything I can in that moment to to manage the effort, to manage the nutrition, the intake, and yeah, how hot are you? So it's really just internal internalizing your thoughts um, and just making sure you are, I guess, limiting that output to make sure you're going to make it to the end. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah, the main I, sort I think, of... I think most of us can rely upon you know, a lot of our training to get through an event, you know, we know that we can bike 180k, we know that we can, we might not necessarily run the 442 marathon or um, chances are we've run 21k or, or something similar within training, so we can rely upon that, but um, it's probably very seldom and, and extremely rare and you, you wouldn't do it, you wouldn't go out there and be running for 15 hours for a training run, would you? Well, I say no now, but we'll, we'll see what happens in the next year or so. Um, yeah, there's definitely not, not the norm. Um, you know, like I've coached a bunch to Tarawera this year, and I was getting the guys who were doing the 100 miles up around that seven, eight hours, which yeah. is a big day on the feet. Um, yeah, and any more than that, it does get quite hard to recover from, especially if the, the whole week's already been quite big. Um, so I guess it's just having the confidence that those longer sessions, like say the eight hour runs or like I did a 90k run in the build up, if that can go exactly to plan and you're still feeling good at the end, good is a, a relative word, like 90k is running, you're not feeling good, but in hindsight, you're confident that you got through it, you nailed the nutrition, the pacing, um, didn't have any real niggles apart from, you know, sore muscles and that sort of thing and kept a positive mindset right the way through then I think that just gives you the confidence to know that you can at least do more than that and mm. whether you have to double the distance you're covering in training then that's yeah it comes down to I guess the amount of volume you can withstand in training 
over yeah, a long period. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, eh? Like the di- the difference between where you finish your last long run, say that 90k, and where you've got to finish your event at 160k. There's a there's a big differential, right? And um, you know, it's it takes a lot within the mind to be able to take the risk and say, yep, I'm going to do it and I'm going to go there. So. You know, when you say you come off a run feeling good and things are going well, are you you're literally checking? You have check boxes that you're you know, um, you're consuming so many calories and and you get through all of that stuff. Is that are those certain pinpoints that that you take through those training runs? Yeah, nutrition and hydration is probably you know one of the number one things for the the ultra stuff. But then I guess it's it's so many small things like it's if you finish with like say for my 90k one we did a bit of a 10k flatter section to finish and can you pick up the pace like you know 10 20 seconds a k and we we could in that one so that gave me the confidence that yeah we'd paced that well and there was still something left in the tank um and then it comes down to small things like managing blisters um chafing i mean the pack on your shoulders and taking falls and all that sort of thing as well as if you can get through one of those long days it will throw up enough challenges anyway over 90 Mm -hmm. k's that'll give you a a, just a pretty good idea of what what the bigger days are going to entail um and then i guess the mindset of yeah you've done it in training yeah it's going to be a bit more but you'll be a bit tapered you'll be a bit fresher and you're up for the challenge that's why you've entered it as well like you don't go into a hundred mile race super confident at all because it can literally throw the kitchen sink and more at you from kilometer five like terrain (laughs) weather stomach issues all sorts um yeah 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 awesome cool so take me back um what are we now post your miler yep about 11 days after the 100 miles Seven days. nine days before Ironman New Zealand. Right, so we've got a real tight window there. Uh, rewind back to your miler. Uh, congratulations, fifth overall. Um, and a very impressive time there. Just over 16 hours? Yeah, yeah. Um, talk us through that in, in a brief synopsis. Obviously not every single 16 hour, but um, <laughs> mate, what, a, what an achievement. First miler? Yeah, well, I mean, I had run... 201Ks at the Blue Lake 24-hour challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. So technically that was 100 miles, but that wasn't... It did not feel like a race situation. Like, that was literally just run at a nice steady clip and see how far you can go in 24 hours. Whereas this definitely had, like, an elite field. It was quite hyped up. Um, It's 100 miles exactly. You know how far you have to run, and it was a race. So in saying that, you can pretty much only go to your own plan because if you try and race anyone else from the start, then that just throws your your plan out the window and it will end quite horrifically. Um, the race what day. Was what was your plan? Plan was to conserve through to the first sort of forty-five k's. So we had a a section, quite a hilly section of forty-five k's back to the start finish area, and then it was two sixty k loops from there. Um, that plan sort of like I actually started quite a bit faster than I had expected, just sort of got in the flow and you're feeling good. Um, but I think that actually paid off later on. Um, the first 60k lap was pretty tough and then got back to the start finish again at about 103k's and went through a pretty bad patch there for like 10 or 15k's. Um, 
and you sort of think, shit, this is going to be a long, long day. Um, it's going to get real tough. And then, what, what, what do you mean bad? Like, what, what, what made that at that point in time bad for you? Was it the head? Was it the body? Yeah, probably more the the body, which then affects the head. Um, <laughs> like yeah. quads and legs were pretty beat up. Energy was low. It was starting to get hot. Um, bit of a headache. You know, neck sore, shoulders are sore from from the pack. Your feet. You know, a few hot spots that I had to stop pop a few blisters, tape your toes up, carry on. And you've just got still so, like you've still got 60Ks to go. Um, that's just when it's quite overwhelming and, and daunting. Um, and from there, picked up my pacer, Carl Reed. Um, and even the first 10Ks with him, I was sort of pretty quiet and pretty, yeah, and still in a bit of a dark spot. And I think he helped me get some more nutrition on board, just try some different stuff. And then we got quite a bit of motivation when we went past a point at about 50Ks saying that we're actually gaining on a few guys in front. Um, even just that small little, I guess, notification of that, then, yeah, definitely perked up. And even Carl was like, shit, you're running a bit quicker now. Um, yeah, you're moving well. So just keep on top of the, the food and keep going. And we managed to pass um, sixth place by about... I think it was 50k to go or yeah. 40k to go and then fifth place was still about eight minutes up from there and we thought oh well, let's let's have a crack and really dug in after about 14 hours um it was a couple of hours to go and yeah that's when i sort of was like oh well we're either going to catch fifth or we're going to stay where we are so there was no real downside um and pushed really really hard through that last seven k's and managed to pull back fifth position um, within the last kilometre of the race and finish, yeah, 14 seconds ahead. So that was pretty pretty special finish and definitely the deepest I've had to to go that, that deep into a race. Yeah, so when you say change up your nutrition, what did that mean? Are you literally, and, how, and run me through those aid stations and are there, are there specific aid stations? Have you got those set up? What do those look like? Um, are you, is it just calories getting getting in as much as you can or what does that look like? Yeah, so I mean, I know what's worked for me in the longer stuff before. Um, I pretty much stick to like 95% tailwind, usually just like two scoops an hour. It's just that simple. Um, so I can pre-mix up some bottles that I can leave at the drop bags and refill. Um, but yeah, you do get sick of stuff um, at different stages and need to like switch out. There's a whole range of different food and, and drinks at the aid stations. Um, like anything from oranges to Marmite sandwiches to chips and lollies and, you know, all sorts. Um, so I went through a stage where it was just like coke and water for a couple of hours just to settle things down and then could get back into a bit more tailwind, shop blocks and literally just, yeah, calories and sodium. And you say you crank things up there at the end. Uh, what was your last, was it your last K or second to last K you finished at? Yeah, quite quite surprising there once we spotted the guy in fifth. <laughs> um, yeah, sort of just like, red flag to a bull and managed to yeah tap out a 346 or 347 across this grassy section um and in turns i think we ran the last 5k averaging like sub 440s so it was yeah surprising but but quite quite good <laughs> so, so you mind yeah at that point your mind's just taking control eh? and the body's not feeling too much of the 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 pain it suffered for the last 15 odd hours 
Yeah, well, it's, it's quite interesting. Like it's hard to process when you're miles away, but when you're 5Ks away, um, it was sort of, it was literally all or nothing because we still had a couple of minutes to wind in and the guy behind was, wasn't going to catch um, within that shorter window. So I was literally, yeah, going to catch the guy and just get him or maybe blow to smithereens and walk in the last K and still be in the same position. So my mindset was just dig in and yeah, it luckily worked out. So it means that I probably got the nutrition fairly well because, you know, if you had been really light on the calories or sodium or hydration, then I don't think you could have pulled that out 16 hours deep into a, a running race. Yeah, and you're you're conscious of how much sodium you're putting in, in, in your body? Yep, yep, I've done some sweat testing, so I know I'm quite a, not a heavy sweater, but a heavy sodium percentage. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so even the days before, um, I'm loading up on some sodium the morning of and then throughout the day as well. Yeah, how do you how do you get that sodium in? What's the main main form of that? Um, lots of salt on your food is the yep. sort of main one. But then it's yeah, like the day before, I'm having some special like sodium tablets. So I'm actually getting like fifteen hundred milligrams at a time um, in a drink format. Um, tastes good, and then just loads up up that um, the day before, the morning of, and then I'll probably put a couple in my like drop bags at the aid stations um yeah yeah nice cool mate oh congratulations that's um that's an impressive achievement and result um to go with and then you know nine days later um nine days or two weeks yeah nine days today so it's yeah. been 11 and nine to go from now and we're uh or you're we're about to hit ironman new zealand um so you're backing it up with an Ironman uh, pretty promptly. Uh, how, how's that going? Uh, yeah, as, as expected <laughs> for the first few days. Like, yeah, I was pretty sore, pretty tired. Um, and then was just sort of going by feel really for that first week. I had written in a plan in between um, before Tarawera, but I've actually managed to pretty much stick to the ideal um, plan. So hit a couple of key sessions, sort of got one more to go. But obviously just keeping the run just ticking over like I don't need any run volume, um, just a little bit at race pace or goal race pace to see how we are. And then, yeah, topping up a bit of bike and swim. Continue with the rest of the show. It's worth mentioning how I personally fuel my training and racing using S-Fuels. S-Fuels is a world-class endurance performance nutrition that I genuinely recommend you try. Triathlon is about consuming the right fuels at the right time and S-Fuels can help you achieve this. If you haven't tried it, I strongly recommend it. So when you say you had your plan penciled in between the two events, obviously there's some recovery that you had to take care of and, and get through that, but um, you were quite, quite okay with the fact of um, possibly not having executed a session. You're okay with having to, to pull the pin on that for whatever reason? Yep, yep. Although saying that, like I, over the years, like now I know my body pretty well. And mm. like say, for example, for the last 12 months of sessions that I've had programmed, I could probably only count two that I haven't executed to how I wanted to beforehand. And maybe one that I pulled out of because I felt it wouldn't have been beneficial to push through. Um, so I think that gives me the confidence in my programming, but also 
in the training because I feel like I've got the load tolerance pretty right to what I can handle and what I can recover from. Yeah, yeah, that gives you a huge amount of confidence. And I guess you're self-coached at the moment? Yes. Yeah, yep, yep. pretty, pretty tough coach, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, cool, mate. That's, uh, that's exciting. So into Ironman New Zealand, um, what are some of your, key, like, you know, I guess when you say you got one more key session to go, what what are your key sessions that you you didn't need to or didn't want to achieve through through the two between the two? Um, it was nice to get another ride that was longer than 100 k's under the belt because I haven't. Um, I've probably only had five of them in the last 18 months. So yeah, I, think I, I actually did see a I did see a post <laughs> about that. So talk to me. You you said you'd done what was the stat? I've run run over 100 k's five times in the last 18 months. And I think yesterday was my fifth ride over 100 k's in the last 18 months. Right, so you're equal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a long ride was was pretty. Um, that was important for you to get. That's obviously was there some specificity in there around you know what you wanted to to achieve on the bike for Ironman. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So last weekend I did yeah five hours, and it was it was pretty much just like three and a half odd hours pretty steady and then the last hour and a half was at at race intensity um so sort of back end strength just to to test out how i was going to feel nutrition and then i did have a little run off the bike as well which um yeah went went as expected um last weekend like that was only seven days after the 100 miles so the run off the bike, um, like the quads and knees and just the joints and stuff was still definitely a bit inflamed and, and tired. So I think I just did that first run off the bike was maybe like five by one K with a minute walk. Um, didn't need the endurance and didn't need to, to back up a long stretch at a time. It was just to teach the legs to get moving and just see what that sort of four minute pace felt like again. Um, and it actually went all right. Went pretty good, and yeah, in terms of long running, you didn't didn't really need the volume as such. It's more just about hitting some intensity across across the period between the two. Yeah, yeah. So my longest run between uh, would have been yesterday's one, which was off a long bike as well, um, eighteen k's total. So it was like an hour twenty or something, um, and that was front front loaded with about an hour or twelve or thirteen k's at sort of race intensity, and then just back it off a little bit for the other um yeah 20 minutes to finish and that, yeah, that went rough. good um so i'm confident that that's that's enough in between like i'm not needing to go and do any two or three hour runs in between i mean the endurance is is definitely there for the run yeah cool and so we're nine days out now and the work's pretty much done for you you're slowly starting to, to, to fade out you said you got about one more key session to get done and, and that'll be you done Yep, yep, brick session on Saturday, which may only be um, two and a half hours on the bike and maybe up to an hour on the run. Um, same thing, that'll be pretty race specific. Um, nothing more than race intensity is needed this close. Um, but yeah, once we do that, and then it's literally, yeah, seven days to the key for race week for me will be to go in and just freshen up a bit, just to take a little bit of load out of the legs. Um, because I think there's still carrying some fatigue, so if I can just shed that last little bit, hopefully, then, yeah, I think timing for race day should should fall pretty well. 
So shedding that fatigue for you, what does that look like? Is that around, you know, making sure nutrition's there for the week? Is that getting in, getting some recovery, massage, um, easy, easier sessions? Um, you know, because a lot of people hit that two-week mark and they go, right, the work's done, um, hang the tools up and, and I'll sit back on the couch for two weeks and wait till race week to roll through. But w- what does that sort of look like for you to really sort of get rid of that fatigue? Yeah, I'm probably more of an active recoverer. Um, so like race week may still have, you know, 90 minutes to two hours a day, um, but not a lot of intensity. Um, might just be a few shorter efforts at, at race pace. Um, and then a couple of days before the race, I like to usually have one full day off, which is usually the travel day to Taupo and mucking around, getting bikes set up and all that sort of stuff, um, just so you're not stressing there. And then the day before is literally just like, 10 15 minutes of each just to get going and then yeah good nutrition good sleep um and not stressing that race week niggles come into the body because i've done enough of them to know that 99 percent of the time you hit race morning and they're all gone <laughs> oh awesome mate hey it's going to be exciting i'm obviously racing as well um it should should be good and um you know you've you've had a very impressive um last couple of months and and lots of success there so just real quickly i do want to touch on where you're going after ironman and, and what does that look like for you i know you got some big um visions inside and you put a social media post up the other day and you had two lines through four of your races and you still got two to go one's ironman new zealand and the one after that yeah having a go at ultraman australia um so the three-day triathlon format um which i think will suit me pretty well and these whole events sort of track quite nicely to to that as a bit of a I wouldn't say end of season but yeah it's definitely a bit of a finale for this block um I'll need a little rest after that race I think um <laughs> but yeah three days so day one 10k open water swim 140 odd k bike day two I think is 285k on the bike and then day three is a double marathon on the road um running from Noosa sort of towards Malula Bar down the coast and then turn around after a marathon and, and run back. Um, and there's a few solid guys turning up this year, so it should be quite interesting. Um, a few guys experienced at that race format in those distances, but yeah, I'd like to think I can give them a run for their money. Uh, and so this is in May, start of yes. May? Yes, yep, yep, early May. Awesome, so you'll probably take a a bit of time off from Ironman New Zealand short and then and then really prep for that yeah yeah I think it allows me maybe a couple of weeks to get through um after Ironman New Zealand and then it will just be some bigger volume um I think having the Ironman race is a real good intensity sort of blowout and then yeah working on a bit more longer swims longer bikes and just the odd long key run. I don't think I'm going to need to to do too much in the long running side of things. Um, I think that fitness will carry through fairly well. Yeah. Hey, and we both um, know Carl and you probably more so a little bit more on a personal note, but he's obviously um, been very successful in that space um, and he's helping you through some of that that prep. Yeah, I think even just getting organised, um, organising, he's going to set me up with a, a young gun who does the paddling over there, who's your lead paddler for the swim. Apparently that's quite important with the currents and um, 
yeah, following along that. So that will be quite cool. And yeah, just chatting around how the race sort of works and yeah, what areas to, you know, focus on and a few key sessions. Um, and yeah, that will be good. I'm sure we'll get a few, a few long days of training together to uh, chat about out the, the plan. Oh, amazing, mate. Watch your space, I tell you. It's, um, yep, just to try and fathom those numbers across the three days is, is one thing in itself. So, um, obviously, I mean, New Zealand presents itself first and get through that and, um, yeah, then bring on May for you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'd no. just, um, I'd really like to touch on your life balance, I guess, as a whole and, and what that looks like for you. I mean, you, you, uh, um, father you've you've got a coaching business you also work in another capacity outside of that um and you're you're doing a lot of training you know full time to the extent of being extremely competitive and what you're what you're entering so talk to me really briefly how how do you manage that because you've got a bunch of variables there which i just listed um all which require time some a lot more important than others in terms of you know, financial stability and, and helping in that respect, but also being a father. And uh, what does that look like for you? And how do you manage that balance? Yeah, I feel I got the balance pretty sort of worked out well at the moment. It is it is busy. Like, you know, I'm pretty much training that 15 to 20 hours a week and working at the moment. I've got a um, property management business, short-term accommodation that I run here in Hamilton and that sort of takes anything from 25 to 30 hours and then my coaching um, as well. Um, almost at capacity there so I've got got a good bunch of athletes that I'm working with now um, and that's probably another you know 20 to 30 hours a week so when you're adding daycare drop-offs, um, a bit of family time and then yeah a little bit of relaxing time on the weekend. Um, it's sort of it's full but it's it's good. Yeah, I, I honestly, I admire your, um, you know, your balance and how you've got it. And you've talked to me a little bit around that. And you talk, I think, uh, you know, Fridays are your, your family day. Is that right? Yeah, so I still manage to structure the week well where my wife and me um, work very limited on Fridays. So sort of just what, what needs to be done. But it is a, a family day where I'll take um, Nixon to swimming lessons. Larissa will go and usually do something with Tinley. Um, and then we've sort of got the day at home or occasionally we'll be able to go away earlier for a weekend or something like that. Um, so it makes it Monday to Thursday a little bit busier, but then you do get the reward of, um, yeah, a little bit more family time that we prioritise on that Friday. So you said your training is sort of around that 15 hour mark. Do you see that? Does that fluctuate too much being closer to events? Yep, yep, I guess, you know, 15 hours if you're mainly running is still quite a heavy load. Um, so that's what it's been recently, like, you know, when you're talking 100 to 160k run weeks, um, it doesn't leave a lot more time for some heavy cycle or swim volume. So that's sort of just been, I guess, balanced out as well. And then when you're looking at, like, even this last week as the recovery week after Tarawera, um has been nearly 20 hours because I've managed to jam in like 14 or so hours of biking, um, which you can recover from a lot easier than 14 odd hours of running. Yeah, right. So it's it's kind of around, I guess, the event that you've got coming up as well and tailored towards that. Yeah, well, especially those last few weeks where it, it needs to be specific to that event. 
um, which was quite hard because when there's only three weeks in between, um, the three weeks prior to that was all tailored towards the 100 miles um, and using a little bit of bike and swim to, to top up that endurance, but just to keep those systems firing as well, I guess. Yeah, cool. And you like, I see a lot of your stuff on Strava. You, you're just going out for, you know, easy aerobic uh, training. It could be on a mountain bike, but you also, like, you chuck the kids on with you and you take them out. So there's opportunities to do that and, and balance that that kind of stuff out rather than it just be every training session is all about you and, and uh, your individualistic sort of approach. Yeah, I think so. And the kids, uh, especially Tinley, like, she's getting pretty good on her bike. So I'd say in the next few months she'll be able to come out for some like you know one hour runs and and ride along which will be pretty cool um and larissa's yeah back into quite a bit of training and stuff as well so it's it's cool to be able to get out as a family and um yeah i guess just lead an active lifestyle which all crosses over to that endurance at the end of the day if you're yeah. out and about um enjoying the sun and yeah getting that heart rate up then it's it's all training Awesome, mate. Awesome. And uh, hey, I just will finish, we'll kind of wrap things up a little bit. But um, I was at your place a couple of weeks ago and you've got an, uh, you've just put in an impressive uh, pool there. Yeah, it's been a bit of a project uh, for a while. We've always wanted a, a pool and the kids have taken to it amazing. Like, you know, they, their water confidence and swimmability, even Nixon at, at two years old is just, you know, under the water swimming along it's it's crazy almost overconfident but yeah it's it's great so so you've got the setup there like you've got you've got the sauna you've got the chest freezers the ice bath uh you know you've got a bit of a home garage gym set up uh and you got the pool yeah yeah no we've, we've sort of slowly built this ideal setup for us which helps that training and time balance like i mean we've got the sauna here we've got the ice bath pool gym um recovery system boots and yeah wind trainers set up in the garage with um you know cameras in the kids room so you can go out to the sauna at night um and still keep an eye on them sleeping um and just doing those small things that yeah help you fit training around life um so you're not having to adjust life too much yeah hey just real quick on that note as well um and and you know i used to have Quite, well, I do to an extent is have quite a good home home garage set up, gym, everything in there, um, and actually have just discarded a lot of the, the weight style stuff and, and got rid of that. I just found that actually getting out to a facility, going in, getting it done was a little bit more time efficient rather than everything being at home and, you know, your, your training's at home, your work's at home, all that sort of stuff. Is that is that a do you find that an issue at all or is that something that you just manage with with the kids and it just actually makes it a heck of a lot easier yeah i mean right in race season i'm doing limited sort of weight and strength on top of the you know key strength sessions within bike and and run workouts so i guess it's more of over winter when it's yeah dark raining cold outside i think jumping into the gym inside is fine you know crank some music and spend a bit of time there um but also just when you've got the access right there then if you do have a spare 10 minutes then you can chuck in you know a few lunges step ups or whatever um throughout the day then i think that's more beneficial for me just to get that time efficiency in yeah yeah totally mate 
Brilliant. Hey, um, I think we might wrap things up there. That's um, that's fantastic. And thank you again so much for your time and, and coming on board. As I say, uh, from a personal perspective, you know, I look up to you and, and you as an athlete and, and how you balance everything and how you perform in your performance. Um, it's been epic to follow your journey over the last few races. Uh, I look forward to tying the line with you uh, next weekend. And um, yeah, should go well. Nah, awesome, mate. It looks like you've uh, had a few good sessions leading in to Ironman as well. So, um, yeah, pressure's on. Trust the process, eh? Trust the process. Hey, we can um, find you on Instagram as well. And sorry, your coaching platform is Athletic Peak. That's the one. Yep, yep. Yep, awesome, Instagram mate. or athleticpeak.co.nz. Um, yeah, give me a yell if you need uh, any help or are just keen to have a chat about anything endurance, really. Yep. Epic, mate. Hey, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you in Taupo. Cool, mate. Cheers. See you. Mm -hmm.